They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the disciples. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Dear friends of God, Today's Easter story in Luke reveals to us that wonder is a big part of the story. Luke uses the word wonder two times in our story, two different words for the word that's translated in our English Bible, wonder. Each of them reveals a different response to the good news of Easter. Each of them is from the heart, it's in the mind, it's part of who they are, and in this story, this use of the word wonder takes us on a journey of transformation. As we follow the transformed wonder in the Easter story, my deep hope is that you find the same transformation happening in your own minds and hearts. So the first time we hear the word wonder, is to describe the response of the women. The women had gone to the tomb, and they are grieving. They had gone through the events of the last days, and they have, they have felt the pain of it. They have felt the loss of it. They have felt the, the utter devastation of it because their Lord Jesus, their friend, their rabbi, their, the person they, they set their lives to, had died, they watched him be tried and mocked and brutally crucified. The empire seems to have won. The empire had oppressed and oppressed and oppressed some more and they, they got Jesus too. An empire that would rather put an innocent person to death than deal with the complexities of this situation. And we would expect this kind of disorientation by the women. They you know, when someone dies, your life, it, it changes. You, you are suddenly put in a, a different mode. You're, you are suddenly, like, totally lost. You, you're more sensitive to things. You, you can't handle the things you easily used to handle. You forget. You break down. You cry at, 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 the, at nothing. You feel numb. You're absent-minded. You're disoriented. And in those situations, you do the rituals that, that keep 
your life normal and predictable. And, and one ritual for the women was to anoint a body. And it fell to them to do it, and they didn't. They didn't have to think about it too much. They knew the drill. You go, you anoint the body with these spices, and here's the recipe. And, and they, they went as soon as, as it was light on the day after, uh, uh, after the Sabbath day, on the first day of the week. They had the spices and the cloths. It's a sad task, and, but it's sad. It's a, it's a task that's known, and it's respectful, and it's part of the grieving process, the part of letting go, and it takes you through your sadness to the new normal. And Luke is keen to tell us that these women expected to find a body in that tomb. They expected to find his, his body that they could minister in the traditional way upon. The rock had been rolled away. That didn't surprise them. That, you know, the groundskeeper probably knew that it, was, it fell to the women, so he just rolled the rock away so they could go in, and, um, you know, it wasn't a surprise to them. But what set them to wondering was what happened next when they entered the tomb. They entered the tomb and saw that Jesus' body was not there. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they... Okay. Okay. So while they were wondering about this, the empty tomb set them to wondering. And the word that's used here is the word that has a sense of perplexity, to be entirely at a loss of understanding. I wonder what's going on here. I'm speechless and I'm bewildered. It's that head-scratching kind of wonder that sense of disconnection. I was expecting this, and I'm seeing that, and I can't put these two things together. It has a sense of being at a loss to explain. The women saw it, and their jaws dropped, and they, they just sat there and started processing at what they had, were seeing, and they were perplexed. They didn't go into shock. Just stop in your, tr in your tracks and let your jaw drop and, and be paralyzed. They didn't go to anger. Hey, somebody stole the body and we're outraged. They didn't go to fear. Hey, there's something weird here. Run. They went to that in-between in place of wonder. What? What's going on? You have a sense that they looked at each other at this puzzled expressions going, what, what, what's going on? What, what do you see? And we don't know how long they were in that state. We're not told. But it was a big part of the Easter story. And perhaps you are in that place, in, that, in the Easter story. Maybe you are at a loss to explain what happened to Jesus. You suspend your response. You take a neutral stance. And they, yeah, they say he wasn't there. But I wonder about that. 
Maybe somebody stole Jesus' body after all the stone was rolled away. Or maybe Jesus didn't really die, but appeared to be dead, and in the cool of the tomb he resuscitated. Maybe this new tomb that they put him in had a back door. And Jesus made an arrangement with his disciples to sneak him out. Maybe it was something else. People say he rose from the dead, but I wonder about that. The truth is, this does not fit our expectations. We do not expect people to rise from the dead again. The women expected to find a body and anoint it with spices, just like their ancestors had done with every other body for centuries, for millennia. If you are in that state of perplexed wonder, you are in good company. Everyone who was there stared at it with this kind of wonder. But then the story moves forward. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning. Two creatures that were both familiar and awesome at the same time. They knew these were men, they knew these were angels, and they gleamed, shining with heavenly glory. And then came the response of fear. They bowed down with their faces to the ground. That's what, what you do when angels appear. These are not light and fluffy beings. These are scary and wild, and you drop to the ground, and you take a prone position, and you hope they don't hurt you. And the angels had such good news that they didn't go to the... Every time angels appear in the Bible, what's the first words they say? Do not be afraid. Fear not. And they went right... They didn't say that here. They went right to the good news. They couldn't wait. In their fright, the women bowed down and the men said to them, why do you live? look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he, you was, he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And then they remembered his words. Such good news that it functions in the same way as the words, fear not. I've got such good news for you today. It immediately explains what they're seeing, immediately replaces their fear with joy. And this, this message reorients the women to a world not just of wonder, but a world of miracle. A world of, it, it reorients them to, to um, a world of miracle and mystery and new life and, and hope and new reality and renewed life and, and resurrection of the dead, and specifically they reorient them to the truth of the words they heard all along the path to the cross. Then they remembered his words. And those words stopped their wondering. It answered the perplexity in their minds. They were no longer bewildered. They were no longer at a loss. They now had a truth. They had now had the truth. They now had a complete picture they remembered his words. 
oh yeah, that's right. Here's what he told us, and here's what we're seeing. This is the start of the transformation of wonder. It starts with a message of resurrection, and now they have good news to tell. They don't know all the details. They don't know all the theology of this. They can't figure it all out. It'll take years for that to all come out. All the ramifications. They had no time for precision of theology here. But it was enough to turn them into messengers and speakers of good news. Which leads us to the next instance of wonder. The second time the word wonder is used in the story because the women go back to the 11 disciples and the others and they tell them everything. It says when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the others with them who told this to the apostles but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. So these disciples when they hear this message they, they go to that place of wonder, of perplexity, of bewilderment, of, you know, what? What's going on here? Literally, this is folly. It seemed to them as foolishness, as nonsense. What are these women even talking about? They're bewildered, they're perplexed, they're incredulous, they're skeptical, skeptical and probably a lot patronizing at this point. Come on, ladies, this is crazy talk. And they're not wrong. Experience teaches us that death wins every time. And the Easter message is, it doesn't. And when those two things collide, you go with what you already know. You continue believing what you've always believed. Death wins, and even the most successful and powerful succumb to it. But the Easter message comes along and says, oh, really? How can you be so sure? Death is real, but it couldn't keep Jesus. Jesus beat this enemy. And one disciple, Peter, was moved in a different way. He was ready to at least drop his certainty and take a look himself. He took the risk of leaving his experience and opening himself up to a new reality. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. And here we get a sense of that word which is different. It's, it has a sense of marveling. It has a sense of amazement. It has a sense of being wowed. It's the happy reception of something great. Peter had the key to understanding this all. He had heard the message from the women. He had the gospel spoken to him and preached to him. And, and they told the good news that the angels spoke. And, and no doubt he remembered Jesus' words as well. And he matched the story to the reality on the ground. And he responded with awe and wonder and he went away wondering to himself what had happened and in a few days he would be able to stand in, in front of the crowds of Jerusalem and explain to them all that had happened to Jesus but today he was in awe he stood there and he was just flabbergasted with, with joy 
He was bowled over, marveled at this epic story of resurrection and glory. He was on his way to being better able to articulate the good news with all of its wonder, but right now he just felt the joy of it, the sheer powerful joy of Christ's resurrection on resurrection day and his journey of, to faith and witness and eventually martyrdom began with this kind of marveling and awe. People of God, the message of Easter is that Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Death is defeated. Let Easter be for you a day of wonder. Let it be a day of perplexity, of strangeness. This doesn't really usually happen to people who die. And what kind of message is this? Wonder about that. Let it roll around in your mind. And then let it also be a day when your wonder is transformed by a message of hope and truth and glory. Why seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen as he said. The message transforms our wondering minds and hearts. And even though we can't get to the depths of this truth, it still stands and it still transforms us. And, and let, it, let this be a day and let ours be a whole lifetime of wonder, awestruck wonder at the marvelous mystery and majesty of God who loves us and brings us new life. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, empty tombs and gleaming angels, stones that have rolled away, and resurrection. For some it's easy to believe, for others it's nonsense. And on this Easter we wonder, and we pray that you would be present there, moving us from bewilderment to amazement. Oh God, we hear the Easter proclamation that your love was not defeated by the power of death. Your love won a victory. Eternal life is made possible. And we wonder, what might be possible because of it? What changes are possible? What do we dare to hope? What confidence in this life can we have? How might we be called to work for justice, to strive for peace, to show mercy, to believe in love, which has become the most powerful thing in the universe? Oh God, may we take time this season of renewal in life to wonder and wonder again at what love might make possible in us. In Jesus, amen.